This is Weekly Signals Interviews, broadcast every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9 on KUCI, 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Seymour Hirsch has uncovered some of the most important news stories of our times, and in the process, shown America that power, and the exercising of that power on the international stage, comes with a price. Nowhere is that more true than in his most recent bestseller, Chain of Command, The Road from 9-11 to Abu Ghraib, which has made him once again a subject of national and international attention. Hirsch's work has won more than a dozen major journalism awards, including the Pulitzer Prize for International Reporting and four George Polk Awards. His other books, including the best-selling expose of President Kennedy, The Dark Side of Camelot, and Price of Power, Kissinger in the Nixon White House, have also won major national awards and spent weeks on the bestseller lists. Hirsch will be speaking at the Newport Beach Public Library as part of the Martin Witt Distinguished Speakers Lecture Series on Friday, February 10th, and Saturday, February 11th. Mr. Hirsch, in his recent State of the Union and on his tour of the country, President Bush is saying that we're winning in Iraq. How does that square with what you've heard is happening there? Oh, well, it's hallucinatory, of course. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just makes you wonder. I Look, the State of the Union is, you know... Uh, it's time to end it. It's 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 you know complete with this time they had a dog in the audience. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It's, with, you know you, you get the you get the war cripple, you get the dead person, you get the you know the the moments of pathos and bathos. Yeah, and uh, it's just ridiculous. And um, uh, that speech was a little scary because among other things, besides glossing over the the mess in Iraq that's you know pretty much intractable at this point. He also talked about regime change in Iran as opposed to simply getting rid of, you know, slowing down the nuke, the nuke process there, the nuclear weapons systems that they seem to be building, and Donald Yar, and which is a serious issue. But to talk about regime change, uh, it's clear that you know there's there's an agenda that they came after 9/11. The agenda was to bring um, democracy to the Middle East, and and um, whether it's Hamas, yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> or or the particular crazy that was elected now, you know, anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's uh, no surprise. I'm not very persuaded by the State of the Union speech. Well, I guess I, I guess what I would my take on it is first of all, the theater of it does seem uh, to be absurd at this point. Uh, but the thing that I'm how disconnected it is, and 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 how willingly uh, most of the mainstream press seems to be in playing along. Those are the things that I'm sort of I, I, I'm amazed at. Um, did you? Uh, well, you mean taking it seriously? Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, you know, I'm not qualified to use words, but I, I you know, I'm, I would go beyond disconnected to disassociative. You know, I mean, you know, really, uh, I'm not a doc, so I shouldn't yeah. be talking that way. But there does seem to be a, uh, a real element of delusion, and um, uh, I, I, you know, look, uh, there's some reason. You know, people watch John Stewart to get a fix. You know, some people when they when they don't understand what's going on because it is basically worthy of parody. Yeah, and and so and my problem with the main, you know, I I don't know. So look, there are a lot of good reporters and a lot of good newspapers, yeah. and, um, um, and and they've gotten a little more spine since Katrina, the mainstream press, as you put it. But still, the nightly news to me is a parody. Yeah, I mean, I watch it as you know, the network news is just a parody. I mean, they just 
it's just well, <laughs> there's just no attempt to get beyond what what's what's uh, the images and the words isn't it is it's become kind of a handout uh, uh version of the state department and and uh, the pentagon well, isn't it i don't it? know it's just you know the you know you, here you have a president what's unusual about about bush is um uh, I do feel that you know words to him are just words. They have no meaning beyond. In other words, they're just there's no meaning beyond the words themselves. So for him, he can mouth those words. You know, here we have a president, as you know, the House the other day passed the most um, 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 uh, offensive in terms of cutbacks to the lower middle class uh, uh, budget bill. That cutback. Here he is talking uh, at the State of the Union about improving scientific our capacity to do scientific research, and he's raising the interest rates on student loans. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's cutting back a welfare benefits. Welfare mothers now have to work longer hours. Uh, he's cutting back um, um, on all Medicaid, Medicare, I mean, dev- devastatingly, making it more complicated, more expensive. At the same time, he's talking about, he's using words. They don't seem to... You know, I guess your word is disconnect, but I think it's more than that. It's very strange. And, you know, is it scary to me? Yeah, it's yeah. scary to me. Yeah. Do you think he's going to be, uh, well, are we going to be pulling out of Iraq anytime soon? Do you think he'll do it in, uh, as, a, as an election ploy for this uh, this year's elections? Or do he'll put up some facade about it? Well, yeah, look, I, uh, you're asking me to guess about the future, and I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I could just guess about the future, but I, I will tell you that I don't think he gives a wit about 06. I don't think he cares about 06. He does care about 08. Yeah. So whatever business he's going to do, you know, whether he wants to go into Iran or wants to go into Syria, wants to go take care of Lebanon or Hezbollah, whatever he's going to do, he will do by the end of 07, because I do think he'd like to see somebody who's carrying on his policy elected in 08. But in 06, I don't think he cares at all. You know, he, I think he sees... Um, his mission is of a much higher plane than the than the you know day to day politics because he certainly left the Republican Party in a real shambles um, uh, for this fall as they are now. Uh, but you know I don't think we can, we're going to control events in yeah. uh, Iraq. I think the control will pass if he does do something in Iran or or looks the other way as Israel does it. I think the the Scurry and the Dawa, which are the two major Iran Iranian connected parties that run the run run the government now in Iraq, will certainly. Uh, uh, turn loose on our troops. You know, we have this amazing position where, you know, we're hostile to Iran, and yet uh, the people we support in Iraq, the people who've been elected, the people that we've been working with all along, are the Shia, as the majority of, of Iranian Muslims are Shia, are the Shias in Iraq are pro-Iran. So the logic of it is confounding. Yeah. And so I, 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 you hear talk recently about the, the government trying to talk to the Sunnis, uh, we could end up negotiating with the Sunnis <laughs> yeah. in, in Iraq and ended up being their allies, the same Sunnis that are doing involved de- desperately with the insurgency. It is complete, uh, sort of like um, um, uh, like out of that Beatles song about the yellow submarine that swallowed itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to I want to ask you because uh, let's get away from some of the speculative stuff, and I want to ask uh, talk to you about the. Uh, Article, fairly recent article you did in the New Yorker about the uh, air war in yeah. in Iraq and what's what's happening with that. And why don't you get into a little bit of detail about the U.S. Uh, sort of the game plan involved with the air air power? Well, I think that what I was writing about is simply this: that we uh, I, I watch these things. We just sent another a detachment of planes from the East Coast that I on another three hundred planes 
or I shouldn't say maybe 300 people with their planes from the west coast up in north, uh, up in the, in the Seattle. We've just sent detachments over to Iraq for that area. We've been sending a lot of air crews there because we are building up the forces, the air forces, perhaps for an attack on Iran, but also because we've, we've been steadily increasing the tempo of the air war uh, in Iraq, and particularly as um, um, the insurgency gets more sophisticated and there are more deaths and more bombings. You know, the number goes up uh, incrementally. Uh, it's not being reduced to violence, despite the fact you hear we're winning. And so the way the response to the uh, the chaos there is to uh, diminish American patrols and increase American bombing. And eventually we will have to turn over the the uh, uh, the organization and targeting of uh, American airplanes to Iraqi forces. And that's going on right now, and that's driven a lot of people, got a lot of people in, in the Pentagon, rational people in the Air Force, concerned because, and the Navy, which does flying too, and the Marines, because we, you know, who knows what targets they're going to give us. One of the problems we have all along is that uh, we're, we're dealing in a tr- tribal society, a uh, religious sectarian society, which one may have, one may create a bomb on somebody else for reasons having nothing to do with the pr- purposes of uh, fighting the insurgency. It may be a religious dispute, a family dispute, a personal dispute. It may be we end up, uh, and it also could be because of the penetration of the insurgency in all aspects of, of life, uh, we could end up uh, flying missions that uh, being controlled indirectly by insurgents, you know, pretending to be uh, air controllers for the Iraqi military. We're in real trouble there. And adding airplanes isn't going to help. And that's what I wrote about, that the air war was increasing. I was glad about the story because after that story came out in The New Yorker, uh, sure enough, it was a story that just wasn't an issue, the increasing pace of the air war for the American straight press. And it did become, um, a lot of papers then began running stories, particularly uh, more in Europe than in America, uh, began running stories about the, the air war. And it became a factor. So that was great to do. Yeah. yeah no, I, 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 had, I hadn't heard anything about it. And... Um until your until your well, article, I said it in speeches. Yeah. Hoping, you know, I give speeches and you know around the country, and I said it in interviews, and people talk to me, and I was hoping that you know, I, uh, you know, I was hoping that it'd be picked up, just but it wasn't. Well, I, at the point you were making is is that there are no embedded reporters, uh, and we have we just do not have the uh, the capability or very limited capability to really monitor exactly what's going on. And have you come to know any more about the amount of? Of uh, missions that are being called in uh, now? Oh, no, the, the numbers are not, you know, uh, yeah. you know, we get some sense of the numbers. They'll yeah. talk about it. At one point, uh, uh, I heard it was over 100 missions a day in one particular battle um, oh. that took place, um, 100 sorties a day. One flight by one plane is a sortie. But the actual numbers we don't know, but certainly it's gone up dramatically. We're talking now where um, the one statistic um, uh, I found was uh, devastating, you know, uh, you know, one air wing. Uh, it dropped the equivalency of about you know uh, uh, you know a million pounds of bombs, you know lots of ordnance is being uh, a half a million tons. Well, I, that, I think that's the point I was just going to make is that what people need to understand is the uh, the destructive capability of one sortie is not. Uh, I mean, it's it's a phenomenal. What these uh, these yeah. five hundred pound bombs and you drop a bomb, you can take down a, a half a block. I mean, or yeah. less than that, but a lot. Yeah, and. Um, and uh, yes, they're precision guided, guided, but the the point is that they're guided by laser beams. What happens is the groups on the ground, our allies on the ground, be they American or Iraqis, will have to put a laser on a target, and the bomb follows the laser. And so it's the bombs are very accurate, but the who puts the laser where and where does it go is a serious question. Yeah. And so that's um, um, 
that's one of the issues. And the other one simply is that, you know, in terms of the uh, press, it's hard to fault the American press inside Baghdad because they can't get out. You saw what happened to that Christian Science Monitor woman who was kidnapped. Yeah. They can't get out, or even to the ABC um, anchor guy that got the whacked by a bomb. It's dangerous. And we rely on stringers. What we rely on are, are Iraqis. And I can tell you by now, the Iraqi stringers we rely on are either working for the government or working for the insurgents. Yeah. I mean, there's no independence there. So we're, we're really stuck in a position where the American press corps the best they could do is parrot what the uh, military command says. And very little, you know, uh, there's some good report. Yes, of course, they're on the edges there's good stuff, but by yeah. and large, the better reporting will come from outside or, or basically, if you want to know, but if we paid more attention, we should. The Arabs, uh, Arab press, El Hyatt, published in London, which is a great newspaper, we should be paying much more attention to the Arab press because their reporters can do much better. And there's no reason to assume, yes, there, there are agendas, but there's also no reason to assume that I think most reporters, wherever they are, really take the professionalism of being a reporter seriously. Yeah. Ohio reporters certainly do. I, I know I've talked to many of them. They're very serious. We're speaking with Seymour Hirsch, author of Chain of Command, The Road from 9-11 to Abu Ghraib. I want to, um, I want to talk a little bit about the, the, uh, the... There's much talk about drawing down U.S. forces, um, but at the same time, we... I understand that there's four or five major military installations that are being built and uh, manned by U.S. soldiers in Iraq. Uh, and then, of course, as we were just talking about the the air war that uh, is being ramped up. Really, what is what is the where do you see this going? Um, as it, there's going to be more talk about withdrawal, but really, that's not happening. We're not leaving Iraq. What what it, right? I mean, well, you asked me to speculate again. And I, yeah, you know, and the problem is, you know, my, you know, I have. I have my skewered point of view. Um, but we are building these bases, right? Well, no, we're, we're certainly augmenting, but we're building mostly the idea that we're going to, I think the idea is to get the American units in the four or five, of four to five redoubts or retreats where we can, we can, you know, operate from or operate inside of. And uh, I think the idea is to get the Iraqi forces to do more and more. That's, of course, hopeless. That's not going to happen because they're not good. And so that's sort of a non-starter. So the basic game plan they have is a non-starter. And so what do you do with the fact you've got an Iraqi military that isn't worth its weight? The Iraqi police are even worse shape. <laughs> There's no security. It's, so it doesn't really matter what they talk about and what they do. Okay. You know, it's, it's a lose. It's just a question of how we lose. And if we hit Iran, for example, as is a talk or do something or the Israelis do it, the, the, uh, we'll, we'll see attacks on our forces by the Shia, Shia allies. We'll see a massacre of the British troops in the southern part, Basra, and elsewhere where they are. So, you know, it's, it's sort of a no-win. I'm going to ask you to speculate on what, what <laughs> Why do you want me to speculate so much? <laughs> but I, I've, I've heard this a, a number of times now, and it's, it's, it sounds more increasingly more credible. Um, Saddam Hussein and his generals had to know after, after the first Gulf War that uh, a U.S. invasion, a U.S. forces into their country were going to overwhelm them. Do you, do you see any reason to believe that, that they essentially had constructed this insurgency strategy knowing that the U.S. would come in and knowing that they could essentially, I mean, they could well, essentially... I've actually written about it in the book yeah. I did called, uh, what was the book published a couple of years ago initially, um, Abu Ghraib, uh, from oh, 9-11 yeah. Abu Ghraib. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, there was, um, a, a, it was based, I'd say, 60% on stuff I'd written for the New Yorker, but there was a lot of new stuff, and one of the stuff that was new I described in great detail what I knew uh, from American sources about what they knew 
about the extent to which Saddam had planned in advance. After the war began, we picked up a lot of documents that indicated that Saddam had gone into a very a very systematic cell system. And I don't want to get overwhelmingly complicated, but one of Saddam's big opponents all during his regime, the one group that really got to him the most, tried to kill him, tried to kill his son, was the Dawa Party. Mm -hmm. And every time he would arrest a member of the Dawa Party, which he did, you know, he would torture them to death, and all, they only could give up two or three names because they were so carefully constructed. So he modeled his the post-war attack operation uh, after the Dawa Party, small cells, small units, um, limited uh, conversation, uh, general instructions, and if you read, and I'll, I'll give you the the one empirical fact that'll demonstrate that indeed this is right. If you think about it, when we were when we did so well in the war after a couple after a false start or two by by the war started the 19th or 20th of March, and by April the 9th, the third um, uh, U.S. Um, American Army Division was rolling into Baghdad unobstructed. Mm -hmm. And the day or two, by the 6th or 7th, we knew from our satellite photographs that every street corner had uh, sandbags and machine guns and RPGs or rocket patrol grenades. And uh, Saddam's most loyal units were littering every corner. There was going to be street-to-street -street fighting. And somewhere around the 6th or 7th, he waved it off and everybody melted away. Well, that meant clearly that he had done, he had made a decision to... Um, to go to a guerrilla war. Yeah. We knew it then. Yeah. And we didn't communicate it. So, you're, you know, you're, it's not really speculation. It's much more than that. It's pretty serious stuff. I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Seymour Hirsch. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> author of Chain of Command, and he will be uh, in Newport Beach uh, at the Newport Beach Library Foundation for the Martin Witt Speaker Series, uh, February 11th, 10th and 11th. That's this Friday and Saturday uh, Saturday afternoon, Friday night event, and, um, well. <laughs> well. Do you see any uh, truth to what Negroponte is saying now about the, the danger in Iran with uh, nuclear weapons? Is this being blown out of proportion so we can do the same thing there? And I know this is speculative, too, but just... <laughs> <laughs> from, from Actually, I'll tell you, this one I've got an easy answer to. Okay. I'm, doing, I'm doing reporting on it. Oh, okay. So that's what I'm, um, uh, and uh, even when I actually am in California, when I, 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 I dart around when I go out west and I see people. So I'm doing stuff oh, good. on that point. And, um, um, you know, I, I can just tell you, it's, you know, if, if you want to get worried, that's a very good reason to get worried. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, the future isn't bright. So it's, it's just not. It's just, um, you know, this, uh, we do have a president that thinks he has a mission. And it's not clear how much intelligence or other issues are going to matter. And that, you know, that's. Oh. So, so from what you've heard so far... No, don't ask me that question. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll read about it in the you New Yorker. Like newspaper guys. You know, yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just a little bit. Well, um, I guess I want to go back just quickly to Iran because this does seem to be... Uh, the dogs of war seem to be barking again. Uh, a lot of the same rhetoric, a lot of the same sort of uh, catchphrases are being used uh, again. And uh, I know you've written about the special forces that have gone in to, to sort of set up the targeting and all that kind of thing. Um, are, we, are we looking at a, another spring offensive in 2007? You guys are comical. I just got done telling you that I cannot talk about it because I'm actually, you know, I'm doing a piece for... Uh, okay, but I mean, uh, okay, all right, I guess... <laughs> mean, even though I said no, you still want me to say you want me to Well, I, I guess, yeah, okay, I'm just... Yeah, another another point of view. Okay, I, I guess what I would say to you is that, that if any of you have a, another passport, 
Uh, keep it, keep it alive. <laughs> okay, all right. That's all. I know. Very good, very good. And, and you don't want us to follow that up, <laughs> right? Exactly. Okay. No, no, but you know, I'm serious. What I'm serious about is that there's, um, um, yeah. Obviously, there's my first obligation is to the people that for whom I work. I understand. All and, right. And um, uh, and it is, it's, it's not even close. I mean, the, this is a very serious, serious issue. Yes. The Iranian issue is very serious, and it, it's, um, um, and. It, uh, um, uh, there's competing arguments. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, anyway. Okay. okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, let me go, guys. You're torturing me. I'm no, sorry. No. We don't mean to torture you. That's well, not what a, I mean by that is, you know, it's just... Okay, that, speaking uh, of torture... Yes. Uh, uh, let's, is, is, is that issue completely uh, gone right now? Are we, are, is the administration just blown that away? You know, that's such a great question because... Um, I can I, I can tell you that the policy has been to get rid of it. Drop it, get rid of it, let it go. Um, the president signed the McCain legislation. Actually, I have a story that's, uh, I guess I can talk about that. I've done a story already that that's in the, in the editing process about okay. this. And, and what, but, but just to say that um, I think there's been a conscious effort to tamper it down by the administration. It's been quite successful. Mm-hmm. You know that, um, but um, and the, the next question is, is: Is are we still torturing? And has anything really stopped because of the legislation signed by McCain or the, pa- the McCain legislation that was passed by Congress and signed by the president? And my instinct, and I don't know all this, my instinct is: You know, if you remember, the president issued a statement with, with, when he signed it, saying that uh, this is well and good, but I I can decide what I want to do based on my my inherent powers as commander in chief, and so. Um, uh, I think the answer is that uh, nothing's really changed. It's just nobody's talking about it anymore. Is, is Congress going to really, are they going to stand up? Um, <laughs> you know what I say about Congress usually? Yeah. Uh, if I'm asked, I say on any given day, I can't tell you whether they're supine or prone, but they're down. <laughs> okay. It's been a, one of the great classic failures. Yeah, yeah, it has and, been. Partly it's the Republican Congress that's part of it, and that's one reason why I hope maybe, you know, that they can get an election. But the Democrats have really been pretty tep- tepid, too. Oh, they have been. I just wondered if, if people, if Republicans like McCain and, and Hagel are, are, are prepared to, to sort of come step up and challenge, make a more aggressive challenge to, to what... I don't know why not, but they, you know, they on, on any given day, they're, uh, Luger, too, is... Yeah. is a, yeah. It's good. McCain supports the war, though, as you, you yeah. remember that. He's a great supporter of the war, although he's against torture. Uh, McCain's very hard to read. Yeah. And the guy... Um, uh, Hegel's great, but he, you know, he, he's, he, he's got to watch. If he wants to run for president, he's got. He can't ruin it. He can't. Uh, he can't walk away from his base. Uh, and, and Luger, people like that. I really am sort of surprised. Some of the honorable Republicans haven't done more because he's an honorable guy. And uh, you know, this party loyalty stuff is pretty amazing. Yeah, it it really is remarkable, given uh, given what they did to McCain in in the uh, in the two thousand election in yeah, Israel. Sure. And yeah, sure. And this is now. Yeah. And you could also argue, I would argue, that um, President Bill Clinton has a huge obligation to the American people to speak out. And you know, forget about his wife. He, he hasn't either. Yeah, he's, so he's Bush's brother it's now. Sort of, it's, it's sort of a sad time for America. Yeah, it really is. There's just so many issues. I, I, re, I, I heard uh, someone talk about the, uh, um, say, the union speech as, as a sort of an abdication of a public uh, presidency that he basically has got – they've got everything they want. They've got the tax cuts. They've got these draconian cuts on uh, – uh, the other day on the on the uh, budget, and they've got what they want from the on the military, and they've just basically are walking away from even having to uh, feel the obligation to explain themselves. I think there's a lot. lot you of know, truth it's, in that. it's um, 
um, you know, this is a very strange form of democracy. I, I you know, I, I don't allow myself to think any other terms about it. We're still democracy, but yeah. it's a very strange form. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sometimes feel it's 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 certainly not a perfect democracy at this point. Yeah. And um, you can use any word you want after that. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, Seymour Hirsch. I want to thank you very much That's for right. being on Weekly Signals. Um, and uh, we'll see you when you're out here on February 10th and 11th at the Newport Beach uh, Public Library yeah, Foundation. If you can, you know, if you can get a ticket. Ah, uh, yeah. If I can get a ticket, so I want to thank you. And we'll be scalpers at the door. Yeah, we'll be the scalpers out in front. Okay. <laughs> thank. Well, do do if you do see me, do come and tell me who you are, and we can chat some more. Very good. And, uh, you know. Bye bye. Take care. Thank bye-bye. you. Bye bye. To learn more about Weekly Signals interviews, including upcoming guests, or to download the podcast, visit our website at weeklysignals.com. And be sure to visit nathancallahan.com for daily readings and feature articles. Until next week, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And this is Weekly Signals.